I'm Deepa Masuria, and you're listening to Thousand Miles, the podcast series documenting my journey as an entrepreneur. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thousand Miles is an honest and transparent origin story of my business right from infancy. Like most people who start a business, I don't have any experience starting one, so I don't know how the story ends. But I am grateful that you're joining me in my journey. You're listening to episode three. If you didn't hear earlier episodes, you should start with episode one and work your way through. But just to recap, previously on episode two, Sean pitches me a business idea and then ropes me in as CEO. You're the CEO. I'm saying you're, I've already, I came to you before this conversation, you were nothing. Uh, uh, you weren't CEO, now you're CEO of this new company. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, you know, we're both founders, you're CEO. I'll do, I'll help out with, I'll do the marketing stuff. You run it at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be a great avenue for you, right? And you will understand the product and you'll understand all that. So I think it'll be great. I've only ever worked in businesses before. So I'm both excited about our company, but also nervous about Sean's confidence in my ability. This episode is a little different than my last ones. It's more of a confessional. I'm starting a podcast. That's me, talking to my mom. What happened to your shampoo stuff? <laughs> it's not shampoo stuff, mom. <laughs> you keep jumping from place to place? It's, no, it's... Moms have a great way of calling you out on your shit, don't they? At least my mom does. And she just did. How? Well, I'll tell you a little later. But before that, I think I need to share some background. My grandparents moved from India to Fiji in the 1940s, hoping for a better life for their kids. My parents were born and raised in Fiji, and lived there until their early 20s, where, after getting married and having two kids, they want to move because they want their kids to have a better life. So they moved to Canada, which is where I was born. With immigrant parents with no post-secondary education, coming to a nation with no friends, family, or a support network, it's easy to say that starting out in Canada was tough. Growing up, I always heard the same thing from my dad. You know, when we came to this country, I only had $200 in my pocket. So I guess the word tough could be considered a euphemism. My parents did a good job of shielding me from their troubles, though. Money was always an issue for us growing up. But I never felt like we didn't have enough. We always had a roof over our head, food on the table. And even though my parents never hosted a birthday party for me until my sweet 16, I didn't feel like I was missing out. As I got older, my parents were in a much better financial position than when I was small. And somewhere along the way, I learned that having money made things easier for us. Actually, I remember getting my first piggy bank. It wasn't actually a piggy bank. I was always really creative making random things out of whatever was around the house. And for some reason, I decided to make a piggy bank. So I asked my mom for an empty pasta sauce jar. Then I asked my dad to make a slit in the lid of the jar. And there was my piggy bank. After cutting the slit in the lid of the jar, 
I remember my dad saying, oh, Depot's money-minded. It's funny how the littlest saying can impact a person, and the person saying it doesn't even realize it. I wasn't actually money-minded at the time, but maybe seeking my dad's approval since he was naturally critical of everyone around him. I felt like maybe I should be money-minded. So from that point forward, I was so happy when I got money as a gift, or my parents would give me their spare change for my piggy bank. I developed a love for saving. Saving meant security, and financial security was dad's love and approval. So I got the education, picking a route that was a safe bet, accounting, and I fulfilled my parents' dream, following the path they expected of me. I mean, this was the whole point of moving to Canada in the first place, right? Provide better opportunities for us, so we didn't have to suffer the way my parents did. But does a better quality of life mean a happier life? Flash forward, after getting married and finishing two designations, I felt like I was at a crossroad. I was earning a good income and had a great job. But as someone who loves to learn, constantly reading self-development or business books, watching TED Talks, or listening to podcasts, I couldn't help but feel like I was undervalued. I felt like I had so much more to offer compared to my colleagues. And I know saying that out loud makes me sound arrogant, but that's how I felt. And because that's how I felt, I was losing passion for what I was doing at work. I'm a natural born teacher. I love to help people and share what I've learned with others. And not being allowed to bring my full self to the table because they only valued a portion of my ability well, it made me feel stuck. I also had the golden handcuffs. I was getting paid to do something that didn't fill me with joy. I should have quit the moment I realized this. Tried something new, forced myself out of complacency, but I didn't. I stayed for another year and a half. The impact of staying in a job where I didn't feel valued, chipped away at me, slowly, steadily. Which is even worse than if I had tried anything at all and failed. I became depressed, and I didn't even realize it. I knew I was sad, but not depressed, not me. I could never be depressed, but I was. Finally, the day I quit, I felt such a sense of relief. A weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. I felt like I was free to do whatever I wanted. I didn't actually know what I wanted to do, but I was free. But the rest of the year was not what I had expected. Two weeks after quitting, my grandma passed away. Three months after that, my dad. The depression that I had, had grown deeper, because now I was filled with grief. The following year, I was working as a contractor, doing the same work as before, but I could work on my own time. In that time, I thought I would start a company. First, I decided to start a business selling yoga clothes. Meditation was always a big part of my life, so I figured, 
meditation, yoga. The premise was similar to Ten Tree or Tom's. It was supposed to be a mission-driven business, where a portion of the profit would be donated to help build schools. The company was called Philanthropy Apparel. I had some clothes silk-screened and was in the process of creating the website. But I didn't feel driven. I didn't care. Not that I don't want to help people, but my why wasn't pulling me. I felt like I was pushing forward because the business idea was a noble one. As if I should care. But it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to push anymore. So I stopped. Then, out of the blue, a mentor of mine had recently quit his job. And he called me to meet for coffee. He was a CFO for a company which he expanded across Canada and the US. Super smart, driven, and nice. He wanted to meet for coffee because he knew I was on my own, and he asked if I'd be interested in starting a company with him. I felt like, yes, finally, the universe is giving me a sign. After talking about different business ideas, we landed on an idea similar to Tivana or David's Tea, but with coffee a retail franchise where you could purchase premium coffee beans with a coffee bar where you could taste the product similar to Nespresso. The company was named Kohicha. Kohi meaning coffee in Japanese, and cha meaning tea, which would represent both my business partner and my heritage. We added cha just in case we want to expand to tea in the future. We started a website, had business cards made, started meeting with designers for storefront locations, met with malls for lease space, conversed with coffee roasters, and even went to the coffee and tea conference in Seattle, which is the conference to go to if you're in the coffee business. Everything was trucking along, but it wasn't going nearly as fast as I would have liked. As business partners, we were both the same. He had more experience than me in the accounting field, but he saw me as someone who would be great at the marketing side of things. I'm creative, but... I've never had marketing experience before. And there was a general lack of accountability. He would even say, you have to give me a deadline. Otherwise, I won't feel pressured to do it. But I felt out of place. He wanted me to hold him accountable to push this business forward and carry out the vision we created. I didn't feel equipped to do this. Probably because I saw him as someone with a better resume than me. I had a general lack of confidence in myself. Maybe because the idea for Kuhicha seemed too big for me. We envisioned expanding to 200 stores across North America in a span of five years. That's a lot. Especially for someone who's never done this before. I mean, he had. But I never did. With a lack of confidence in myself, my ability, and a general numbness for everything in life because of my depression... I decided to write down how I felt in a notebook. Not just how I felt at that point, but all my low points in my past too. Just a complete mental dump. I remember thinking to myself, if I feel the way I feel right now, for the rest of my life, that would be a sad life. And it was in that moment I realized I was depressed. But what dawned on me during this exercise was that after every low point in my life, things also got better later. I guess happiness has ebbs and flows. 
This relieved me. It renewed my faith that things would get better and that life wouldn't feel numb forever. Eventually, Kuicha fizzled out. My partner got a great job to work at a large established business and at the same time, well, I got pregnant. Everyone has something that motivates them, gives them meaning, purpose. At that time, getting pregnant made me want to change. Not only to be the person I wanted my child to look up to, but be the person I wanted my child to become. They say the best form of teaching is by being an example. And the funny thing is, my newfound purpose helped me get over my depression. Fast forward, my daughter turned one and started daycare, which meant I had a lot of time on my hands. But after philanthropy apparel and Kohicha, I felt like I just need to get back into the work world. It took a while. I wasn't finding any opportunities that I liked. I did, however, start watching a lot of YouTube videos. So much so that I thought, I want to be a YouTuber. So I took a YouTube course, started making videos, fell in love with creators like Peter McKinnon and Marie Forleo, and I just loved the process. It was a creative outlet, something I had never had before. And I was learning so much, which the nerd in me loved. And then I was approached with a job opportunity. A job opportunity that, at the time, felt promising. So I took it. I stopped making YouTube videos. And just added one more thing to my growing list of incomplete endeavors. <laughs> you keep jumping from place to place. It's, no, it's... I hate not finishing something. And with all these start and stops, I hate the trend I'm developing. Jumping from one thing to the next without ever really jumping fully in. So why am I burying my soul to you? Well, the truth is, I'm not. The point of this podcast is purely selfish. This podcast is for me. It's not only a cathartic way for me to understand my own shortcomings, but it's also a way of holding myself accountable to keep going and not let this be just one more thing I stop before fully realizing my own capabilities. It's no, it's no, we're still doing that, but we're, um, I wanted to make a podcast kind of tracking my journey from, you know, starting the company and yeah, moving through my days, kind of, kind of like, like a audio diary sort of, but I'm like turning it into a podcast and then people can like listen to my journey making this business. My parents took a huge risk coming here so we could have better opportunities. Now it's my turn to take a risk because I want my kids to learn from my example, to live a happier life designed purposefully because their mommy did. 
coming up on the next episode of Thousand Miles. I guess what I don't understand is it's December 1st and in September is when we were like doing all this stuff and you hired Madeline and and then we were doing what Shopify and then you switched to Squarespace and now we're switching like I just I just don't understand why it's taking so long because I I thought the whole point was we were just gonna test and it's like three months later and three different websites and yet nobody knows about any of them like I just I just don't understand what's going on I'm feeling super frustrated because I have no idea where we're at with our website or like anything that Sean was in charge I mean, of. Part of the problem is that, yeah, there's a lack of communication both times. I have no idea what you're doing all day and you have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, fine. It's not just Sean who's the problem. To hear new episodes of Thousand Miles, go to dmsk.ca forward slash media. There's links to all the places you can listen to our podcast, as well as our Facebook page. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating too. It'll only take a second and will help me more than you realize. I'm Deepa Masurya. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Deepa Masurya, all one word. And I'll talk to you soon on our next episode of Thousand Miles. <laughs>